Executive Protection and the Family Office. This week, we're going to hear from Kate Bright, founder of Umbra International. She's made the transition between PA and Executive Protection. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine podcast. Pelham Rowe here, joined with Sean West, John Moss, and Elijah Shaw. This week, we're talking ultra-high net worth individuals, the family office, and executive protection. We're going to be hearing from Kate Bright, founder of Umbra International, on her journey from PA to executive protection. What a jump. Uh, Elijah, what's that like? What's the difference between working for a corporation and working for a family office or ultra high net worth individual? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this episode here. Uh, I've spent a lot of time. I've got a client that is a private family. Uh, and so I see a lot of the challenges that are there. But those are some unique challenges uh, compared to some of my corporate clients, uh, et cetera. So it's about kind of threading that needle, uh, being able to be personable with the family, but at the same time being professional. Uh, so it's challenging. Challenging indeed. And, and I think Kate goes into that. And it, it, it's, it's a very delicate balance between being professional and being their friend. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to achieve both. Uh, John, what are your thoughts on this? My thoughts on the family office, first of all, it's a necessary evil uh, for most CPEP professionals, right? Especially when you start now working for a high net worth. It might come as quite a surprise to you to find that there's a whole tier of hierarchy between you and the principal. And trust me, you might not realize this, but you're in that hierarchy and you're probably not where you think you are. So when you first discover this, it can be a bit of a blow to the ego. And the worst thing that you can do is, is really push back. What I think you've got to do is, is try to get in there, try to build a rapport, try to work with these people to understand their pain points, and then they might start listening to yours and seeing things from your perspective. It, it's very hard for anybody who's sat in an office to try to understand the pain points of an EP professional traveling around the world on private jets, staying in five-star hotels and on luxury yachts. It's really hard for them to understand what your pain points are. And that's perhaps what makes Kate so special. I know Kate wrote a famous article, well, now, now famous article, about that transition between PA and EP, because, of course, you can understand that hierarchy a little bit better. And as you say, you might be hanging around with a billionaire, but you must remember that you yourself are not a billionaire. It's, it's quite a key thing, which obviously is obvious for most people, but it can be quite intoxicating, I can imagine. Sean, obviously working in a family office has its own nuances. What, what's your perspective? You know, why is it different to work in a family office as opposed to you know, some sort of corporate client? There's a huge difference with working with a family office to corporate clients. One of the main differences is working in a family office, personalities come into play. You know, in a corporate office, you can say no to the workforce or individuals of that corporation. But when you're saying to billionaire's teenage son, no, you can't do this, when they're not used to being told no, it's a, it's a different ballgame. And that's why I'm looking forward to hearing from Kate. She's traversed both worlds of being a PA and being an executive protection officer, so she can have some really good takeaways. 
Absolutely. No, no, Kate, Kate uh, will be will be brilliant. And of course, it's wonderful to see the pages of the Circuit magazine brought to life so many years after her initial article. Uh, John, that went down well then, and we just republished it on uh, social media recently. It's done really well, hasn't it? Yeah, of course. It's an unusual story, isn't it? It's not one you read about every day, and I, I, it still surprises me now. And actually, the, the more time that's passed since then, and to see the direction in which Kate has gone, it surprises me even more. I mean, Kate is somebody who stood on the stage at a TEDx talk. You know, she now sits in the chair of the SIA, the, the governing body of the industry. And so to think that she started out as a PA, but understood there was another aspect to providing a high level of service for the principal that she didn't understand and threw herself on this course. I think it's fantastic and should be applauded. Fantastic. Well, let's reach out to Kate now. Let's hear from her and discover that journey from PA to executive protection. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Hello, we're here with Kate Bright, CEO and founder of Umbra International. It's a pleasure to welcome you. Uh, it, you've written for the Circuit Magazine before, and it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. For those of you know people out there that haven't read your article and maybe don't yet know you, can you give us a little bit of an intro about yourself and, and set the scene as to how you came into the world of CP? Yeah, sure. So, so actually rereading my article from all those years ago um, online, it actually reminded me that uh, I, I'd, I'd set out a pretty uh, pretty high bar of what I wanted to try try and achieve. But following on from, from that article, which you can still see online, um, I guess that the sort of the, the next phase from that article is that I left uh, uh, working within the family environment and the, the operative environment um, and set up the business. And, and I always say that the business sort of set itself up because originally I had really hoped that the business was going to solely focus on the provision of female operatives. Um, but I soon realized that there was much more of a broader market for a more accessible form of security in the broader context. So the time I've spent since since uh, that, that article came out to today has been growing and building the business and our international partnerships. Um, and also for me personally, my, my journey hasn't stopped there. It's it's now um, my non-exec career path and being able to now sit at the various different tables where I can actually help with a sort of governance and help to spread more of a, a sort of a positive message and champion industry more broadly. So, uh, yeah, it's been a busy few years, all told. So, Kate, from being a personal assistant, working for a family office and booking security, what's been the biggest challenge you've faced in moving from an end customer to a provider? So I think the easy part of working with security is when you don't necessarily know what you are buying um, and you are given what you're buying. And I think definitely for from 2000 to 2015, I relied on my network very heavily to make sure that it was compliant, that it was the standards were the highest they could possibly be, um, that it was risk appropriate, that it was matching my clients really quite specific demands. Um, and I guess seeing the other side of the fence and certainly from having undergone the training that from that moment in 2013 
I had a completely different perspective on uh, what it was that made a really good team for my sort of clients. I guess in it, the biggest surprises or the biggest shocks for me is that there's still not more of my private office community that are seeking. I, but I'm, I'm very much a seeker. You know, I'm, I'm never sort of looking at something in, in one way and saying, that's okay. I'll look at it above the bonnet and below the bonnet. Um, so those are my sort of the, the, the biggest differences, I guess, of seeing life on both sides. And, and also, similarly, I would say how, how difficult it is to work with the, my, 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 my former community. It can be quite an impenetrable world. Um, and certainly the role of the right hand PA, executive assistant, chief of staff, the terminology has changed. Um, so, you know, the, the, the need to, to present information to those individuals has changed and evolved. And so for me, it's actually keeping up with my former colleagues on, on the client side to see how best to support them with the sort of information that they need to present to their principals and bosses. Awesome. Well, I love uh, conjuring up images of family offices and all their quirks and all their differences. Um, obviously, there's a massive spectrum. Not everyone, like you, Kate, is a seeker, as, as, as you so well put it. Um, I used to know some in Dubai, and my friends would have to suddenly go on a plane to buy the new iPhone. Um, you know, crazy, crazy stories. But those crazy stories don't stereotypically mean that we think of family offices understanding security. It's not that they don't. It's that perhaps it's given us this image that they're into crazy individualistic pursuits. Um, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But are family offices uh, equipped to face today's security challenges? That's a, that's, a, yeah, that's a big question. I'd answer that in the um, the, the sort of almost politi politico style. Once you know one family office, you know one family office. Um, I think you know, very much representative of the flavour and the culture and the and the personality of of the sort of the top of the tree. I mean, firstly, what do we what are we meaning by family office and um, the various different structures that sit underneath? Whether that's a uh, a multi-family office or trust structure at the top, and then as you say, the people like myself in the private office function who are doing the running around getting Nintendos and, and you know, finding the, the, the next latest sort of handbag and all of the, the sort of lifestyle related things. And I think, are they equipped? Well, I think I think the, the, the majority, I would say, could always do with a little bit more proactive mindset living rather than reactive mindset living. And I would say that there is a high chance within a lot of the, the family situations and scenarios that I've worked in that security does actually have the best relationship with the ultimate principle. And therefore, you know, I'm I'm the function that's going to save your life is a pretty compelling argument. Long answer to your short question. I mean, are, are is anyone prepared for security post what's happened this year? Your original question was, are they prepared, right? Um, I, risks are evolving all the time. And I think this this year more so than any says that we all need to shift into proactive and preemptive mindset for any of us advising or around that that sort of inner team. It's not about who's got the ear and who is, i.e. who has the most power. It's actually the collective effort of all of the parts of the puzzle around that, that protective infrastructure. So I think it more so than ever, it's got to be a collegiate effort um, and, and that security could, this could be its moment because it could draw all those strands together um, and actually lead from the front and say, we have the expertise even if it's if coming from the physical security, I, I, I would I would say that this is this is an opportunity, particularly within the close protection function, 
heads of security to, to, to really take the reins and incorporate a lot of the sort of digital transformation that's going to need to happen in the, in the next few years for most family offices to, to survive and thrive. So, so Kate, you're involved with supporting the profile of women in the security industry. What's your end goal with that and how can we help? So I think it's a bit of a de facto one, actually, Sean. I, I happen to be um, a woman. I am that person that a lot of women come to when they're coming into the industry just because I've set my stall out as someone that's gone through this particular journey. I'd love to see more female role models standing up and talking about their journey. The irony is obviously you know, as operational as you are, it's not something you necessarily want to talk about in the public domain. So there's that challenge as well. But I think there's enough individuals now and enough amazing women coming through and some women who've gone on to then have children who could now talk about and, and support and and really sort of champion, particularly for the younger generations of women coming through from uh, from school to say, from school, security is a, a career path. The great work of the Security Institute, for example, a lot of the other bodies um, that, that are really pushing this forward. It's it, How can you guys help? I think keeping telling these stories. If my story is non-linear, but there are plenty of other men and women out there that are all looking at this standards piece um, as the sum of the parts of the diverse individuals that are involved with it. I want to hear everyone's story, how they got into the industry. And then you'll find people finding their points of resonance with each of those individuals. And, and by default, you'll then encourage more people to, to come into the industry that wouldn't have otherwise thought about it. Love it. And of course, it, it, it makes business sense. Uh, when we include a, a more diverse uh, speaker faculty for an event, uh, we gain a larger audience. In my, in my mind, it just makes sense. It's got to be underpinned by good commercial, good commercials. You know, is it good for the industry? Is it good for the ultimate delivery to the client? Um, and in my personal experience and the way I see the industry needing to move forward, I can only see a benefit. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be challenged on any of the bigger picture challenges that the industry faces. Um, but I think it's it, it's an industry that is unsung as to um, those individuals that we haven't yet managed to speak to that could be uh, really useful and valuable resources to, to deliver really, really good security to, to, to our clients. Perfect. Well, we're talking about delivering good security um, and the family office world. Quite often, when an individual operator or a company uh, full of operators thinks, where should I go next to purvey you know, the, the, you know, my, my close protection? Um, they think family office, but uh, a lot of them don't seem to gel well. They don't seem to get it right. They seem to think I will simply ring up a bunch of family offices and my uh, my career path will be successful. Um, and it, it doesn't seem to turn out that way. Uh, so my question uh, for them and for everybody, what do you want the close protection industry to better understand about working with family offices? I think I'd probably go back to the um, once, you know, one family office, you know, one family office. And I'd also add to that. I would be slightly concerned, but it's like when I would um, be contacted by people who wanted to be a PA to a celebrity. It always sort of rang a bell in my head of thinking, oh my God, you know, if I could go through all of this again, would I want to work for somebody to deliberately target somebody who's in the public eye takes a certain kind of person. That's no judgment, but it's that's that in itself is quite a statement. You know, I want to work for someone in the public eye. Um, I think that it's, it's um, you end up, you end up working within it. If you're working with the sort of people in your network 
who are also working within it. And the great thing about a lot of the um, uh, uh, ex-military, ex-law uh, protection, ex-law uh, enforcement communities is that they are a community. Um, and I think that the, the networking amongst people that you like to be around is a great basis for working on a great team. If you're working on a great team, you're more than likely going to have a great structure and therefore a great ultimate boss, or you're going to have a great team leader or, or security manager who's really carved out. And it's hard work to run a team that gets on, um, that delivers, that's, you know, uh, the, the, the sort of sometimes extreme um, management that you're having to, uh, to, to, to operate under, under quite changeable circumstances. It's, it's a team effort. And uh, so it's your mindset as to what you're prepared to do, not prepared to do. Um, so I think for, for, for me to actually sit here and say, how would you, what advice would I give to somebody wanting to work in this sector? Or if that's even your question, is that, that it's the sum of the parts of the network that you're within right now. And I think LinkedIn is a good example of where you find your tribe and you find your community. And then you see other communities that you don't necessarily resonate with. That's just like being in a pub where you're with your friends and there's other people that you don't really want to talk to and hang out with. It's exactly the same sort of scenario. And I think in, in the professional context, you know, I think there's, there's perhaps too much of a focus on the word family office and not enough on, I want to, I want to bring the best skill set to the party. So I'm going to specialize more in my medical delivery. I'm going to specialize in pediatric medical uh, in, or emergency medical care, um, or I'm going to uh, speak five languages and I'm going to focus on being able to deliver great security in the mother tongue of two, with two or more of the languages that my principal speaks in. Those are the kind of mindsets that I think are more helpful because setting yourself up to work within a family office, no, no, no offense to my family office community, well, it can be disappointing, but I think the end goal should be your personal delivery and the standards set for yourself the team you want to work around. And then if you end up working for a, within a fantastic family office, that's great. But I think there are different ways to skin a cat, different types of offices, different types of, of private office. Some people might be more suited to working for a wide, fat, wide, multi-generational, dynastic family spanning, you know, lots of different age groups. Others may want to work really small, really tight with just, you know, a husband, wife, uh, you know, uh, two children and a really manageable kind of uh, infrastructure. Other people might really like the global travel piece. Um, so I think, yeah, okay. If you if you're gonna put if you're gonna sort of put me on uh, on record as saying what would I what would I say? I, I I do think it's don't set yourself up for a fall because uh, lots of travel can seem great, but when you're not traveling, seeing your own friends and family, that cannot be so great. Um, so be careful what you wish for, um, and and don't overlook the. The, the the sort of roll your sleeves up mentality and the benefit of a, a sort of RST a residential mindset as being quite a stable profession, particularly I'm talking also with the lens of COVID because obviously the close protection profession has been hit. It's been hit because people aren't going out as much. Um, it's been hit because people aren't traveling as much. And as we all know, security is a, a heavily sort of consultant uh, uh, based economy. And therefore, there are a lot of people who are really fantastic top level post protection operatives that had a number of different clients who are now working in a residential capacity and actually really enjoying the shift from traveling all the time to actually staying in one place. But because it's called residential security, somehow it's sort of sort of a, 
a lower tier. I would argue it's not. And that's sometimes how you can get to know a uh, family and wider team in a much better, much more coherent way. And I've seen the, the anecdotes I've heard of the last nine months is that team members that would never normally otherwise have actually seen each other for any significant period of time have had a chance to actually talk about their different function and really have a respect for security function and vice versa for the household function or the uh, the childcare function. So um, yeah, I, I think stay stay in your stay in your skills lane and be the best at what you do, um, and and aspire to work with the best team. Um, network amongst the best of your own network, and you will get there. But it's a case of roll your sleeves up mentality, um, which I think will will uh, Sean perhaps is nodding there. Yeah, no, total agreement with, with a lot of what you said there. Um, you said be careful what you wish for. And I see that a lot. And a lot of people, they, they say, you know, such and such makes this much money or such and such is on this gig. It's great. They're traveling all over these countries. And the grass isn't always greener. You know, these people <laughs> haven't seen their family for X amount of weeks. And, you know, I've, you know, I've spent years and years traveling around the world. Once it's been fantastic, you know, some really great jobs. And what you've just said there quite rang, rang true with me as well. You, you know, some people who step back onto lower jobs and they're, they're enjoying taking the foot off the gas. And I think certainly, you know, at some point in the future, you know, we'll, we'll all look to wind down. You know, your, your career has a a certain trajectory. And at some point, once you've had your foot on the gas too long, you're right, quite happy. Less responsibility. I just want to you know, sit back. COVID has given us a really um, amazing opportunity. If you look at the... the, the, the um security is a wider sort of um skill set where we we've now been so health and safety for me has always been a separate function never before has being healthy and secure and safe been so important and has been sits under the remit of security um and so i think the role of post protection within the health and safety in its new iteration its new meaning keeping a family and its wider team healthy and safe is going to be a really very subtle but but quite significant shift and i think that's why i keep going on about uh medical training i think i think those individuals who are going to set themselves apart to be able to look after the health and safety in equal measure of their principals and clients i think they're going to be the ones who um, are going to see their skills really kind of quite highly prized um, and that we are going to see a shift in uh, one 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 operative I have in mind who um, really enjoys working in the COVID testing facilities near to his home because he can be near home. Um, and it doesn't matter that he's taken a hit on London salary and, you know, he doesn't travel anymore. He's able to be near home and he's protecting, he's part of the security team to protect health uh, and I, I just love that as a sort of a an outcome. It's not one we would have planned. You know, I'm not saying this year hasn't been incredibly tough. But isn't that a really nice sort of next generation iteration of what security and post protection could actually be known as? Is that protection of of health and safety, um, which before, as I say, I always used to oh health and safety very important, obviously. Um, but that for me has been a re- real big takeaway for 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 this year. Awesome. 
No, I think excellent sentiments. Uh, and it's great to have Sean uh, here on the call because, of course, you know, your experience is a great uh, duet, uh, you know, to, to, to Kate's. So I'm, so I'm really pleased we managed to get everyone together for this. Uh, Kate, what's, ne what's next for you? Uh, sleeping till, till uh, 2022. No. Um, next for me and the business, well, it's, it's, it's some pretty um, outrageous targets we've set for ourselves for next year. Um, both in terms as a business to really sort of underscore our international partnerships. We weren't able to actually physically be. I'm, I'm a real old school human eyeball to eyeball kind of girl. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to picking back up to actually seeing our uh, our family teams, and our collaborative teams in all of, all of the very various parts of the world. Because I think although the world has instantly become online and smaller, I think we still need to make the effort and be in places that our, our clients and our, our colleagues are. Um, I, um, I really want to sort of uh, underscore the, the work I'm, I'm, I'm doing within the business, but also looking at how I can be most used in a, in a vocal sense, in a, in a positive vocal sense. Um, I'm really enjoying um, talking more about how the industry can start to, to, to really champion its own self. And I'm really looking to sort of seek out voices and 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 so you know i'm really grateful to to you guys to having having me on um and i'll keep you posted of the, the amazing people i find along the way because I, I find the industry and this this secure lifestyle niche we're carving out um we're having to i use it at the start of seeking i'm seeking out amazing humans for and on behalf of my clients and i really want to celebrate those that want celebrating um and i think that um in a in a sort of uh, a legacy, like, what do I want to leave behind? It's a business that cared and that put great people with great opportunities. And that, yeah, if they did come to me and say, I really want to work with XYZ type of family because of XYZ, I'd do all I can to, 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 to activate my teams and my connections and join the dots for them. So I, I guess it's, it's, it's keeping going um, and, and, and pushing, pushing on the legacy of, of really helping to tangibly improve and raise and and promote an industry that um so so desperately needs it and i think this year has been a really important turning point for for close protection as a function uh, and i hope that we can take what we've learned from this year and ask I'll, I'll carry on banging the drum but for me it's it's to, to keep growing the business keep that international mindset not not just to live in you know, we've, all, we've all been locked away in our little sort of you know square feet of of, of life and i think it's um it's really important for us as a business to get back out there and and keep that international push um and also to to keep shining a light on on the amazing men and women in the industry and give them the air air time that they deserve awesome well kate uh thank you very much it's been a pleasure to welcome you and we look forward to seeing you again soon thank you so much for having me So it's awesome to catch up with Kate. I really think that that journey is one that can teach us a lot about the industry, especially especially coming from one side to another. What, what were your thoughts, Sean? No, I agree. I, I love hearing from Kate and seeing what she's done from the first time I met her many years ago, operating in a space I know really well uh, and what she's done, what she's gone on to achieve with her business. So yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Umbra International achieve moving forward. Absolutely. And I, and I hope to include uh, Kate on a number of events uh, coming up. Uh, so certainly, certainly there's, there's been a lot of interest, especially since that initial uh, article all those years ago. 
Um, I see that our, our friends in uh, conversations in close protection ha have picked up on on that and just just did an excellent session with Kate. Uh, so very much in demand. We're very very pleased to have uh, been able to capture uh, you know that moment. Um, what what's uh, what's next? What have we got coming up for the uh, magazine and uh, the BBA? Well, we have issue fifty six of the circuit now available, and we also have our event coming up. Inspiring individuals overcoming adversity with the Circuit Magazine on the fourth of March. I don't know if you want to say a little bit about that, Callum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very, very kindly supported by uh, Enablement Advisors, Ivor Terrett. We're going to be taking some wonderful stories of uh, people who have who really hit hardship. Um, for for example, maybe they have saved people, um, and and that's caused them great distress or, or perhaps uh, injury or they've overcome really, really difficult situations. Because I think, I think it's all well and good to have uh, content out there about um, you know, shooting proficiency or driving proficiency, do your job better. But, but there's maybe not enough of this motivational uh, sort of style to sort of bring people to life themselves. And th th there's a lot of people in the industry that really deserve a lot of credit. Uh, they need, they need a, more of a platform. So we're very, very pleased on the 4th of March uh, in what would be the UK afternoon and the uh, PST morning uh, to, to, to sort of really strike at this very topic, um, not just inspiring individuals, but that key caveat, overcoming adversity, really looking forward to it. So this has been a fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast, transitioning from PA to EP and the family office as a whole. What a topic. We're going to see it emerge as perhaps one of the defining features of the lockdown. So from Sean and myself, we look forward to seeing you next week for another great edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.